to BIV Today. I'm Tyler Orton. Now, there is a leap in computing that is underway right now. It's one with the potential to streamline everything from medicine to finance. Under development at Simon Fraser's Surrey campus, it is the Quantum Algorithms Institute. It is set to open up next year. The QAI, as they call it, it's meant to be this sort of innovation hub. It's going to be drawing researchers and businesses alike, and it's recently just putting out a call for additional partners. With us today, it is Brad Lackey. He is a quantum researcher at Microsoft. He's also the chairman of QAI's board of directors. Brad, I want to thank you for joining us on the show today. Thanks for having me, Tyler. So, you know, just basic question for those that might not know. Um, what is quantum computing and, and maybe how is it different from just what we think of as regular computing? Right. So quantum computing is, uh, it, this was uh, created by Richard Feynman in the 1980s, where he recognized that quantum mechanics might have some very powerful tools when it comes to computing power. Uh, he set out a very, very nice uh, text on quantum computing, um, sort of laying that out with uh, traditional computing. Um, and since then, it's proven to have some algorithms which have no classical analogs. And so quantum computing is still in very early days, but it's proven to be something different than, say, GPUs or FPGAs that are now very, very popular in high-performance computing. Uh, so it's not really about uh, the hardware itself. That's very important, of course. But it's about a new form of algorithms that promise to solve types of problems that we just can't solve with what classical computers tractably. You know, classical computers, people think of, you know, kind of ones and zeros to make calculations. But quantum computers, they're relying on these things called uh, qubits. Um, what are qubits kind of, I guess you call them, what are they capable of? <laughs> so quantum bits um, are capable of uh, exhibiting quantum phenomena, such as entanglement. Uh, quantum tunneling is also a, a popular phenomenon to exploit in quantum annealers. Uh, they represent probabilities of, of obtaining a certain answer. Quantum computing by its very nature is a probabilistic type of computation. And the algorithms themselves use these powerful tools of entanglement and tunneling to, to do types of computations to cancel probabilities in ways that we can't do classically. And so we find these so-called uh, super polynomial or exponential speedups in certain algorithms that, uh, that arise from these powers. So think of it this way. It's kind of like you, you think of your classical computer. Uh, it's already might be doing some calculations very fast, but uh, quantum computing has the potential to just make that way faster than we could have ever imagined, you know, maybe uh, 40, 50 years ago, right? That's right. That's right. Uh, quantum computing itself is uh, is going to be a very, very delicate operation. It often occurs at very low temperatures in uh, in these uh, refrigerators, these dilution refrigerators. Um, and so the the real power is coming from the algorithms that are going to be able to exploit these uh, these quantum techniques. Uh, and this is very challenging, particularly for an, uh, an institute such as ours, which is based on developing these new algorithms. This is really a different type of programming, something that we've never really seen before. Uh, we we are our, our quantum computing algorithms are built off of uh, new types of programming languages and new types of programming um, programming primitives. And so uh, as we look forward, we're going to be spending a lot of time not only developing algorithms to solve these, uh, these important problems in commercial industry, but just driving the ecosystem, creating new technologies based on software development. 
So I guess, why don't we dive into some of the applications? Like what could this leap forward in technology? What could it mean for, you know, research, uh, you know, commercial use, that sort of stuff? Um, it's actually sort of interesting that quantum computing uh, has similar applications to computing uh, back uh, back after the Second World War. Of course, uh, you know, if we go back into history, we know that uh, computers were very, very important in winning the war in uh, encrypt analysis. And sure enough, the, the the largest quantum algorithm right now, Shor's algorithm, really is focused in that domain. Uh, after that, of course, computers were very, very important in scientific discovery. They were used for, for many, many different applications uh, in scientific research. And today, we already have the quantum algorithms that are based on that for quantum chemistry and material science. Uh, there's a lot of promise for other algorithms in speeding up methods such as Monte Carlo methods in finance or optimization methods, but uh, but all of these algorithms are, are heuristics. And so we're going to have to get that first generation of quantum computers, those big quantum computers, uh, to really see the benefits there and get a good measurement of what they can solve. Uh, past that, uh, I mean, it's wide open. <laughs> Well, I'm curious then, you know, you say it's wide open and uh, maybe we can uh, kind of talk about the uh, the new institute that's going to be open up at uh, Simon Fraser University Surrey mm -hmm. campus. But um, what ultimately is the goal of the QAI moving forward? Uh, well, we have two missions. Uh, obviously, here we're talking about commercialization. And so certainly finding those applications, optimization is a particularly good topic since it's, uh, it appears across all industries. Um, but our other mission is really about generating the workforce and providing the opportunities available for those interested in entering the tech industry. Uh, we're partnering with all, all three universities, all three major universities at uh, in British Columbia now to provide um, some training and availability, but also targeting uh, the the job, the workforce themselves. And so many people, the university training's not uh, not really for them. They really need on-the-job training. And we uh, at the Institute have the opportunity to provide those uh, that entrance into, into the tech industry and quantum computing. Well, you guys just put out a call for partners recently. Um, what are you looking for? Like what would be a good fit to come uh, partner up with you folks? Um, so we're interested in partnering both with the uh, academic institutes around Canada and potentially in the States, but the call is really focusing more on the, on the startups. Uh, we're interested in um, a lot of the startups, uh, particularly in the, the eastern part of Canada, are uh, very interested in opening offices in BC. It's a great place to work. There's a lot of technology available here. Uh, we want to make that more attractive uh, by developing that workforce, bringing those people out to BC and, uh, and giving them the opportunities to learn about quantum technology. Technologies. Uh, we're not only focusing on the software engineering, but also the entrepreneur aspects of, uh, of high-tech businesses. That's going to be very important moving forward. Well, I think about like kind of the two different sorts of paths. You know, there are some very, very important companies here in British Columbia that are pursuing quantum computing. You know, you think of, say, D-Wave or One Qubit, but then there's also just regular companies, right, mm -hmm. that uh, could probably, you know, take a hold of this technology and really use it for their benefit and, and kind of pursue these things. Um, what, what do you imagine the kind of those companies or those partners coming in? Like, is it going to be a mix of those two or what's the overall takeaway from this? Um, so certainly we're interested in supporting new startups in quantum technology themselves. But yes, there's a huge number of industries which are interested in understanding the role that quantum computing is going to play in their business moving forward. Uh, so certainly any uh, large manufacturing firm which, uh, which spends a great deal of money in optimization for supply chain or transportation, these are topics that could be very heavily impacted by quantum computing. And they'd like to understand that now. 
Quantum computing is going to require a different workflow in, 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 how the, uh, in how optimization is done. And so building the blocks for that is going to have to come early. And that's really what we're looking to offer in the short term. I got to ask you this, you know, uh, it's getting a lot more attention now, quantum computing, but what ultimately drew you into this field that is really on the ascent as we speak? <laughs> so uh, I'm a little bit old old school in this. Uh, I started in this back in the early 90s, uh, back in quantum logic, which is more of a philosophical study. Um, and around 2000, I was uh, I was still doing postdoctoral studies in England, as the case is. Um, and there was a number of really good professors there who were just getting into quantum computing and are very interested in the subject, and that drew me drew me into it. Uh, since then, I've worked in quantum computing down here in the States for, for many, many years, uh, you know, ultimately at University of Maryland, and then the past uh, past few years coming out to Microsoft to continue my work in quantum computing. Um, it's a fascinating topic. It's something that's cutting edge. It's new and different. It doesn't relate to anything we've seen we've seen before, the, the mixing of this, this theoretical physics and practical computer science. Moving forward, you know, what do you think kind of excites you most about the potential behind a lot of this? So uh, my day-to-day -day job, I spend a lot of time building quantum algorithms for commercial applications. And I really think that that's, that's the thing that interests me the most. I like to see new algorithms doing things that we couldn't even imagine possible. Um, now, needless to say, there's a little bit of, uh, of ongoing um, quantum classical uh, conflict here. Uh, every time we invent a new quantum algorithm, which we think we has real potential, it, uh, it generates a lot of interest in classical algorithms to try to match that. Um, and that's the, I think that's the best part that I feel, uh, that is the part that I feel is the most interesting, is that interplay between the, the classical development and the quantum development. So obviously, you know, Vancouver, uh, you know, Metro Vancouver taking some leaps here with regards to the interest in this technology. Um, what makes, you know, Southern British Columbia kind of a good hub to start pursuing this stuff as we're seeing with the, the launch of the QAI? Not only is there a lot of very interesting uh, industry here, particularly about transportation and uh, and um and the, the green ecology, uh, but uh, the, the fact that there are three major universities here that, uh, that have excellent research um, staff really creates a, um, a hub where we can, can link the education with the commercial sector. The, the British government itself has been very proactive in, in generating this, uh, this collaboration between, uh, between industry and academia in supporting the Quantum Algorithms Institute as, as the national government now with their contribution toward our, our building in, uh, in downtown Surrey. So it's, uh, it's really all three sectors that are coming together at once to create this uh, ideal environment where we can push quantum technologies forward. You know, uh, this is a few years ago, but I recall speaking to Microsoft President Brad Smith about the potential for more collaboration going on between, you know, Seattle and Vancouver. Do you think that this could kind of unfold in the realm of uh, quantum computing right now, or, or does just border closures kind of make those kinds of partnerships a little bit more difficult? Right now, the border closures are making things a little bit difficult. I was fortunate to be um, up in Vancouver in Victoria about three weeks ago when the when the border just opened. Um, we have uh, staff at Microsoft who uh, who live in Vancouver and work in Vancouver. In fact, on the quantum team, we have a, a large building up up there that mostly is dedicated to. Uh, 
to Microsoft News, but uh, but the quantum team is does have a, a sizable percentage of our researchers in Vancouver right now. Um, with the with the QAI, we're looking, of course, to develop additional collaborations with the universities um, and ideally collaborations with uh, similar parties down here in the states. Uh, the Northwest Quantum Nexus is a collaboration um, with the U.S. government and the University of Washington, and I like to see a joint venture between this and the Quantum Algorithms Institute since we have very similar method, uh, methods and, and uh, sorry, uh, very similar uh, missions um, and, uh, and are clo so closely located. So if there is a potential partner here in BC that is interested in pursuing uh, some sort of uh, collaboration with the QAI, what's maybe the next step that they should take? Well, so the next step is to contact the QAI. We have a, um, an excellent business director who is uh, very proactive, is out looking for new partners. Um, we'll meet with him and either myself or one of the other members of the board who specialize in, uh, in commercial partnerships. And we can discuss what that, uh, what that company is interested in, in moving forward in the quantum arena. So uh, there's a lot of questions about how quantum is going to affect their businesses moving forward. And then we're just in the perfect position to answer those sort of questions. Oh, excellent. Uh, Brad, I, I just want to thank you so much for kind of breaking it all down for a lot of folks that may not be familiar with this. You, you did it succinctly, and, and I, I really appreciate that. Oh, my pleasure. That is Brad Lackey. He is a quantum researcher at Microsoft, as well as the chairman of QAI's board of directors. That is it for the show today. We'll be back soon, though. In the meantime, you can go to BIV.com. We'll have more interviews, more stories over there. For now, I just want to thank everyone for listening. I'm Tyler Orton. Bye.